0: Welcome to The Messy Empire with Karen Prawl, where we prove to you that success is all about embracing the chaos and charging
1: into the unknown. Hey there, AJ Guzman, editor of The Messy Empire. Have you ever felt like you were holding up your end of the bargain flawlessly just to have the other side lash out in disappointment and anger, kind of leaving you to wonder what you did wrong? Well, it's not just you actually, it's probably your communication skills. What I mean is, today you'll see us explore kind of how setting clear expectations and communicating clearly can be the magic bullet for frictionless professional and personal relationships. Let's dive right in.
0: Well, I never set expectations until recently, and I'm working on it every day to create better expectations. So an example would be, um, we just went to Austin mm-hmm. and I would get to the venue and I was like, where are our seats? Who's doing this? And I didn't see all the leaders sitting together and I was mad in my own head. I was mad that they weren't together.
1: Did you talk to them about it?
0: Well, yeah. I was like, Hey, where are you? Right. Which came across pretty aggressive, which we just talked about. Mm-hmm. And I realized I can't be mad that they're not all sitting together. I never told them to. (laughs) So who am I?
1: So the expectation wasn't set.
0: Ever. So now I got to go back and say, hey, this happened. I didn't like it, but I realize it's because I didn't set the expectation of what it is that I wanted. And that um, I do a lot.
1: You get mad at expectations that you did not set or you get mad? Yes.
0: Say that again.
1: You get mad because someone didn't live up to an expectation you didn't set? (laughs) But is it like one of those things that it sounds dumb when you say it?
0: No, it sounds it sounds ridiculous. Like I, I am an asshole. Like it's such a jerk thing, to and be- that's not being a great leader. And and I um, I recognize that I do it. I'm recognizing it more and more. And Karen Shawley's helped me a lot. Like I can't crawl in your head and understand what it is that you want. But at least she is. Uh, saying that to me Mm. because she wants it to be right in how I want it or my standard. So I have ridiculously high standards that I don't verbalize or communicate and then I get mad when they don't happen and that's crap.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of rough actually. (laughs) I do it all the time. What else? I've done it with you. Explain.
0: Okay, so... Uh, Doing this podcast, you do all the legwork. Like, let's not get it twisted. I don't do anything.
1: You're you're the podcast.
0: No, but like you do everything. Okay. Okay. And I'll say, hey, do you want to start at five? And you're like, yeah. So you come in at five and you start setting up. In my head, starting at five, is your setup ready to go so I can like walk in, let's do this and go.
1: uh, Yeah, that has happened actually.
0: But I never told you that. Have I, I did. And then I did.
1: Yeah. And then I did. And I started putting in my calendar for 15 minutes before you say,
0: yeah, but I can't be mad that I'm, I'm can't be agitated that you're setting up
1: One when I cl- said
0: five o'clock. Yeah. Right.
1: Alright, That makes perfect sense.
0: Okay. So that's setting an expectation and I didn't communicate it. And then I have to go back and be like, oh my gosh, what I meant by that was like my apologies. Right. What I meant was, and, and I realized If I don't buy into the person, I don't reset expectations.
1: What do you say that more?
0: Okay. So when you're building a business and when you want to fight for somebody because you believe in them and you want them around and you want them to win and you want to see it through, you give feedback and you constantly course correct Mm -hmm. because you want them to succeed. It's when I go quiet on someone or I don't set that expectation or don't ask for what it is that I want, I've totally given up on that role. Ooh. I know. Like, I know we joke that if I don't look at you, like, you're probably (laughs) on the chopping block. So for all of our listeners, what's, what's what's the rule of Karen? If I don't make eye contact with you, you're probably not safe. Because if I'm going to get out of business with someone... I can't be authentic and make eye contact.
1: In my younger days, I've done that when I wanted to be like argumentative. Like I didn't tell people like what I wanted just so that way they, they wouldn't do it. And then I could argue with them about not doing it. Like it's almost like. You're picking a fight. Yeah, you're almost like picking a fight. You're just okay. like, you're just planting seeds to have a fight at that point.
0: Oh my gosh. I used to do that too all the time. And I I did it to Joel. Really? Yeah. If I didn't want to go do something or go somewhere, I probably self sabotage our relationship and picked a fight so I wouldn't have to go. Joel and I used to fight every time we used to go somewhere together because there might be something he doesn't want to go to or something I don't want to go to. So we'd fight. Because then he, he's, he'd be like, I'm not going. Because then you don't have to go to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, So I think... Um, I. It's so funny because our leadership team, it's like a joke. Like, they all walk in front of me and make eye contact. Like, hi, Karen, just see if I, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm not, like, I'm not out to fire people. Wait, what? Like, I'm our like, team wait, leaders. Wait, I don't know if I get that. So, so like, Janine Prombo, every, like, I'll, I'll walk in Glen Ellen, and she'll walk in front of me and make eye contact to make sure we're making eye contact <laughs> to make, I'm like, you're not going anywhere.
1: Like, what are you doing <laughs> t- To make sure she's not getting fired? Yeah.
0: <laughs> It's not
1: funny. It's pretty funny, actually.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and it's
1: kind of kind of a joke.
0: So now I can't do that anymore. And and, and if we're going to um, exit business with someone, I, I know now to make eye contact <laughs> because I don't want to be like a cow going to slaughter like you're next. Like that's a terrible way to feel. That's not it. Because I obviously I want people to stay that I'm in business with. And, and so I won't I won't set expectations or I give up. I give up on people oh. like I quit trying and, and, I, and I had someone I was in business with a, a few years ago and my coach said to me, are you exhausted from trying? Like, I don't know how she put it and I could probably call her and ask her, but she said, is it because you don't want to try or is it because you're done? And I was like, actually, I don't want to anymore. Like, I'm just being honest. I can't. I'm physically and emotionally drained by this person. They're an energy sucker um, to me because they're not responding. Mm. And so then I kind of give up.
1: What is? What do you mean by not responding? Like, they're not... Offering help,
0: services... Um, Plans like this was in Denver, and I would say, Hey, what if you went to the downtown office and learned this skill? Or what if you did? And they never would. And I'm like, All right, well, if you don't want to get better, I can't do it for you. Oh, okay, okay. And then I'm done. And so you kind of felt
1: like that, that whole let a horse to water. Mm-hmm. They're not drinking. So like, whatever.
0: Yeah. And I set the expectations. You're not living up to them. And so it's never
1: about them. It's just about filling the role. Now you said that drains your energy. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that, what do you mean by that? Like, is it was just like okay. exhausting or was it, it is exhausting. Or is that, does that mean something different?
0: It would bring me to tears
1: really? sometimes
0: because you want people to succeed. You want them on your team. You want to see them win. And then when they're not doing anything, you can't want it more than they do. And you, I do, I do, I want it all the time more than
1: that person. Say that again, because I, I think, I think that's a real I thing. I can't
0: want you to win more than you do. Hmm. And I, my coach, when I wasn't doing what I agreed to do the prior week, she'd say, hey, just checking in. So where, let's look at your action items. Did you do A, B, and C? I'm like, nope. And she'd be like, great. Talk to you next week. Hang up the phone. Ooh.
1: Right. Talk about a gut check. Why would I waste her time?
0: Yeah, if you're not trying, why? No, and I, I
1: talked to a leader. What What's that doing? So that's, at that point in time, your coach is setting a very clear expectation. You don't get my time. You don't get my time unless you earn it. Mm-hmm. And, and you just got to earn it by showing up.
0: Yeah, and I'm actually where I'm like, no, I keep trying and I keep trying and I want to coach them, and I want to coach them, and I coach them, and the end result's the same. They're not doing it. And so I talked to a leader last night on the phone, and he does the same thing with his leaders. What do you mean? Oh, well, we don't need to have the weekly check-in call or coaching call or whatever, because you're not going to do it anyway. So until you decide to do it, we're not having any more calls. (laughs) Right? And I pay for our coach. Why don't? Our market center does. And she's not cheap. So then I had to go to Pete or my former OP and go, hey, I know that phone call was $250. I got 32 seconds because I didn't get any of it done. That hurts. Yeah. So how long is Pete going to support that?
1: Right. Not long.
0: Not long. And so um, we tend to try and push and push and like, what else do you need? What else do you need? And sometimes people don't know but if I set the expectations and they're not meeting them and I'm giving them all the tools. So there, there are two reasons people don't succeed in a role. It's either a skill that they don't have and that's on me Mm -hmm. or it's their commitment. Hmm. That's it. So if it's a skill, then I failed them by not teaching them. And if it's a commitment issue is I didn't set an expectation, or make it clear what I what it was going to look like. So AJ,
1: mm-hmm.
0: our number one complaint at our brokerage at any brokerage because I've been a leader in, in in across the country, right? Is guess what do you think it is from a
1: consumer? From from a like consumer a, about an agent. So from a buyer or a seller? Seller. From a seller normally, what's the number one complaint? Uh huh. Um, I, I got nothing. I can't think of anything. Uh, It
0: is that I don't hear from my agent.
1: Oh, oh man. I, I would have gotten it eventually. It wouldn't have been my, my first guess.
0: Okay. So that, and we don't get them very often, but we do get them. And every brokerage does. And, and we all have worked with agents that don't respond. Yeah. Okay. So imagine it's out there. And I realized in having coaching conversations with our agents, that what really comes down to is they didn't set an expectation with their seller of how to communicate.
1: Hmm. So wait, so you're saying that it's not that the agent wasn't communicating.
0: It wasn't communicating in the way where a seller was receiving
1: it. Okay. Okay. So let's just say once a week, let's just say the agent was talking to them once. I'm just going to paint these two scenarios to see if I get it. So there's one scenario where the agent's talking to their seller once a week, Mm-hmm. And that seller calls you because they don't hear from their agent enough. Mm -hmm. And then there's another another scenario where the agent's also only talking to that seller once a week. But at the beginning of their relationship, they told their seller clearly, hey, every Thursday at this time, we can expect to have a conversation. If you need anything between Thursdays, reach out to me. And despite the fact that they're talking just as frequently, seller two is way more satisfied because they had the expectations up front.
0: Yeah, and then take it even further: is how do you like to be communicated?
1: Oh, okay. So, like,
0: sell, so, you know, phone, text, or email, or Facebook Messenger, or whatever. I don't care. WhatsApp, whatever it is. Mm. How? Do, what's your communication preference? How would you like to hear the updates of of the uh, of your home?
1: Right, and and you're saying just having set that expectation mm-hmm. makes a difference.
0: Yeah, because how do you like to be communicated? Text. Okay, me too, right? Well, except if iPhone could just come up with an unread button. Or a flag Oh
1: like the red receipts for like your text, like
0: No, I don't need the read receipts. I need I like how you say red, like for that's past tense, and I say read read receipts and it's actually red receipts. Gosh, you're smart. <laughs> All right. This poor English language is so difficult. Okay. No, like I open a text and read it, I need to be able to go back to it. I want it flagged, I want it darkened, I want it different. <laughs> Why don't we have that?
1: All right, that's fair. Yeah, kind of like like throwing it into like a folder in the email.
0: I star, I star priority or boomerang. Um, how come I can't do that with text messages? Okay. I can right.
1: We got we got to get on this.
0: Yeah, like I get so frustrated. Like I can take a voicemail, and email it to myself if I know I need to go back to it. Right on iPhone, but I can't take a text message and, and forward- do that. And I'm like, this is insane. Where are these productive people that should be labbing this? They need Gary Keller's way.
1: yeah, they they do they need to lab this stuff. Right.
0: I mean, iPhone's been out for like ten years, and I still don't know how to re- boomerang oh. a, a text message back
1: to me. Okay, so part of setting expectations is knowing how to how to communicate with. yeah.
0: Them. yeah. and and email is probably um not the most efficient anymore, or it doesn't get the message across because a j, <laughs> let me ask you, how many emails do you get a day? A ton. Like, can I get a number?
1: Um. Actually, I've noticed Mondays are the worst. Uh, I'll probably start a Monday with at least fifty unread me- emails.
0: You'll start the day at fifty. Yeah. Because they start at two a.m. Right. Yeah, like,
1: they, they they start coming in by the time I check my email. There's fifty. Yeah. So every Monday.
0: Okay, how many text messages do you get a day? Oh geez.
1: Probably. More than fifty, actually. I would imagine, like individual text messages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably like a hundred or so.
0: Okay, what percentage of your email do you open?
1: <laughs> I see where you're going with this. Maybe like twenty percent.
0: What percentage of your text do you open? Like a
1: hundred percent.
0: Yeah. All right. That's a side tidbit, useless knowledge. But I want you to think about. It. So as a seller, how do I want to hear? I actually want my updates. I might want them on email so I can keep a record of them. Mm-hmm. Um. And so we don't communicate that expectation. Huh. Mr. Seller, how often would you like to hear from me? Daily? Every other day? End of business? What would what does it look like to you? I, and we don't ask those questions. We tell people.
1: Where else might that show up? So I'm thinking kind of like back to like our relationship analogy earlier. Can you be asking other people how they like to be communicated with? Or is, is it a different question when it's, say how you interact with your kid. Like, would you ask your teenager, how do I communicate with you?
0: Well, say, Hey, if I want to learn more about school or you end of the day, because every day my stepdaughters would come home from school and I go, how was school school? <laughs> right. And when you can,
1: <laughs> that's such a universal thing. Teenagers. Have been oh my doing God. There's such decades. jerks about it.
0: Right. And it's fine. Like I never even brought a book home in high school. So like you're lucky even, I probably didn't even go to class. And, and so I look at, um, Carson and I could say how do you want me to I want to learn about your day so how do you want me to ask you or what is it going to take for you to tell me oh okay you're 17 I, I'm i not can you just give me the key points then <laughs>
1: right? yeah but no no, no. uh just like, fi- look at my
0: snapchat no I'm f- kidding find
1: out where where to be mm-hmm. oh that actually might be a one because I don't okay. like snapchat one bit oh
0: you know why I don't like it AJ and I'm I am old enough to be your mom I don't like it because the conversations go away and I don't remember what they were. Mm-hmm.
1: I do have sometimes where like, <laughs> I like, I deleted Snapchat a while ago, but the last time I had it, there would be like the chat portion yeah. of it where someone would respond and I would have no clue what I said. Well, what other portion
0: to... is there than the chat portion?
1: Well, like there's like the photo portion, but like you can also oh, send like yeah. message, text message. Yeah.
0: That's what I thought it was for. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's like the photo portion too. Okay. But like. By the time they would respond, my message would disappear, and I have no clue what I said to prompt the response. Nope. The conversation's dead in the water at that point. Okay,
0: so that's not just because I'm 46. No,
1: no, that misses me too. But for younger people, it's still hot, and I know that there are people older than me that are on Snapchat, and now that I think about it, it might be, this is where I see what my kids are doing in college, or like, this is like...
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess you could, like, I I don't get on Snapchat, I don't really, it's a little confusing for me, Um. But I, but I think if you can set expectations or what it is that you expect. So when I t- talked about in the beginning of these episodes that I didn't have any accountability.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. My parents set no expectations. It wasn't like you go home and then after you do your homework, then you can, which is NLP and setting an expectation. Mm-hmm. Right. Parents, we don't set expectations. And then when our kids don't do what we want, then we get mad at them. It's the same thing. We do it all the time. So, like, it's a story I made up. So, everybody that I'm in business with, I set uh, silent expectations.
1: Elizabeth, that's the that's not good, though, right? No, it's terrible. Okay, yeah, just making sure we're on the same page.
0: Oh, my God, it's, it's awful, and it's unreasonable, unre- and it's unrealistic, and I see that's how people get called a tyrant,
1: okay? A tyrant? <laughs> yeah.
0: Like you set these expectations and I don't mean to be that way. And and so Maria's like, Maria will check me on it all the time. That's why I love working with her. She'll say, well, that's not what you told me. Or that was not the expectation or what is the expectation? And so she'll make me set them. Hmm. And I love that. Like, what do you want this to look like? And, and I say, and so I don't set the expectations with people. And I find that most people don't. And that's when everything breaks down. All right, That's so a breakdown.
1: I, I like the way you put that actually. Like, so, reading Dare to Lead. Uh huh. Um, and one of the things she talks about is where communication falls apart. But specifically, like if you ask me for something done to get done, a great follow up question is, okay, what does done look like? And more specifically, let's paint what done looks like. So that way we're crystal clear about what it is that I'm going to be delivering to you. That's a. I, I hadn't thought of that as an expectations conversation, mm-hmm. but that is like that's a really good way to make sure that you're on the same wavelength about what this person is doing.
0: Well, it's communication and everything. So you and I had a text message um, about three weeks back and I said, oh, tell me how we're doing. And you gave me a number. Oh, yeah. And I said, so is that good or bad?
1: I thought it was great. I apparently How would I've known? I apparently didn't convey it well. I didn't communicate it clearly at all. I do think I just responded with the numbers, which is probably my fault. It is because I was like, "Well, what does that mean?" Yeah, with with just responding with the numbers and not giving any context.
0: Right. I go. What? Okay. So if we're at a uh, hundred and we our goal is to get to a thousand, so what's our goal? Yeah. Right. So yeah. like, oh, we're ten percent there. Okay. So do you know, like, on surveys, why they have like what percentage you're done? Yeah, the little rings of that. That's top. an expectation. Yeah. It's amazing. Huh. So where else do expectations that are set? So what does McDonald's say at the drive-through? Not that I ever order a fillet of fish, but if if I went to McDonald's, it says please have money ready at the window.
1: It does say that.
0: It's an expectation.
1: So would you say like expectations are just like clear communication?
0: Yeah, it's 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 asks. Asks. Yeah, uh, I can't even say that word. I, I think I said
1: it right the first time. Actually, so I'm <laughs> sticking to that. Okay asks Mm -hmm.
0: yeah because if I know at McDonald's that it says please have your money ready right or um, what else would a clear expectation be i am like thinking about my day so a clear expectation would be um, mobile orders at Starbucks it tells me where to go pick it up hmm
1: yeah it does it does
0: it does it tells you exactly what to do and so sellers want leaders Sellers want leaders. They are looking to you to tell them what to do. So I picture someone, I'm standing behind a person, and that person is my seller. I'm putting my hands on both their shoulders, and I'm directing them. That's my job as their agent.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Right. So you have to drive them, but it's really through setting expectations. And so you know the uh, the game board, life? Yeah. Okay. What does life do? It works through path Mm -hmm. right and so I feel like it's like driving that client through the path but you have to set all the expectations to avoid and also the negatives here's what's going to happen when you get a copy of your home inspection you are going to be really upset because this is your home
1: okay so that's that's really good that's that's kind of future pacing oh yes that's it yeah uh, that's this is what's going to happen that's when we'll take a look at what's critical and- Health and safety
0: only. Yeah. Hey, everybody, it's not to renegotiate the price of the home.
1: Yep. So, but once you have that conversation, your seller is so much more, what's the word I'm looking for? Ready. Yeah. Like the conversation when you get the inspection report after you've had that conversation already is so much better when that just comes in out of the blue.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, talk about getting blindsided. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that that is an expectation. So when you're navigating someone through a transaction, I used to tell um, every negative that they were likely to experience. So because then they don't feel alone and isolated and then it's only about them. (laughs) So, hey, Mr. Seller, you're going to get an offer in your home. It's not going to be the number you want. But just know when we get an offer, we have an interested buyer who's excited to buy your home. And it's a starting point.
1: Huh. All right. So what do you call this? Do you call this expectations? Do you call this future pacing? Do you call well,
0: it, I forgot about the term future pacing, to be honest. That's probably what I was doing. Or do you call it
1: like clear communication? I
0: call it expectations. Because when they get that offer and it comes in low, mm. they're already ready for it. Mm. It's not to Because I get an... I got an offer on a home I had that Joel and I owned as an investment property and it was below, it was half of what it was listed for. And by the way, it was only listed for $122,000. Okay.
1: Okay. Okay. So it came in very, very low, like offensive.
0: And the agent, um, she did try to prep me and she really tried and I wasn't really listening. (laughs) And so I shut down. But Mm -hmm. if if, if I had been more open and saying, here's what's going to happen. This offer is going to, your first offer is going to be offensive or it's never going to be what it is that you want, which actually the first offer is usually the best anyway. So Mm. for all our listeners out there, the first offer is usually the best. Um, The first buyer that brings an offer is usually the best buyer. Yeah, no, no. You want to work with that person. I know what you mean. Yeah. Okay. But I want to make sure our listeners too. Good point. So. Then they appraisal. So then Mr. Seller, an appraiser is going to come to the home and they're going to evaluate. They're going to come inside the home. They're going to go outside. They're going to have a flashlight. They're going to do everything. So you might, everybody has surveillance cameras. So they're probably going to be watching on, on the camera. The appraisal is going to be based off the contract. And so I know you feel that your home is worth 500,000, but we're under contract at 375. Expect the appraisal to come in around 375. Okay. We hope. That's yeah. setting an expectation.
1: Yeah, every, everything goes well there. Um, why don't agents do that? Why don't, not even just agents, like not even just limiting it to agents and sellers. Why don't people set expectations?
0: You know, I think it's because they want to please. I think that people are like, so I can ask and say, hey, I dropped something off at the dry cleaners. And they, I have to ask, when can I get this? They don't say it'll be ready for you tomorrow. Hmm. You know, but if they know that I expect a turnaround time of 24 hours or 48 hours, I'm like five days. I really don't care. But I just tell me what the expectation is and I'm willing to work within it. So when I know if I email my doctor a question and it says to me, I'll get back to you within 48 hours. I don't care if you email me back at hour 47 and 50 minutes.
1: I just know I'm getting back within 48 hours. But you
0: are getting within the expectations. Expectations are not, um, they're not easy to set because you that's creating a standard but they actually make your life so much easier right and And that's what people don't understand well that's what i'm
1: curious about is like expectations sound great i can do the exact same thing and my sellers are going to be twice as happy
0: right like you're a and b i can either communicate with you once a week or communicate with you once a week
1: and you are agreeable to it yeah so (laughs) why why don't people do that like what you said it's because they're afraid of tough conversations or afraid of what
0: um, I think it's because they're afraid of um, getting an objection over
1: it. Okay. That oh, they're yeah, not prepared yeah, yeah. for it. Yeah, you said that they want to please people. Yeah. And so they don't want to tell them something that might not be great.
0: Or that the seller might not be amiable to it. Hey, Mr. Seller, I'm going to call you every Tuesday between 9 and 11 to discuss the activity on your home.
1: And they're worried that all the seller hears is, I'm not going to talk to you for six days. Uh-huh. Huh.
0: I agree. And sometimes I'd call the seller and i go, hey, guess what? You attend showings and I have, I have nothing else to tell you. Like literally that would be my call. But I'm sticking to my commitment of the expectation I set. Hey, I have no news and so I think we might want to consider a price reduction and, or, or whatever. Mm. You know, um, one side tip too I will tell people is that when I was listing homes and it's been a long time since I've listed and sold a home. But when you put the address, the house number and street in quotes in Google in the search bar and hit search, it'll show up of where it shows on the web. And I used to send that link to my sellers every Tuesday at that time before I made that call to show where their house was listed on the web Mm -hmm. because then I know where I'm marketing it.
1: Put the home address in quotes on Google and then you're giving your sellers a quick link to... Everywhere that you've syndicated their property.
0: Yeah. And that's part of your value proposition. So this is a life hack and we might do a whole episode on life hacks, but putting something in quotes keeps it together in a search engine Mm -hmm. and also in your email. You can put it in quotes and that
1: phrase will come up. Man, who would have thought you've been learning Boolean from Karen Prawl today? Oh my gosh. I love life hacks. That's all right. That's a solid one. All right. um, So... If I'm not setting expectations it's probably because I'm afraid of telling someone that they don't something they don't want to hear which makes sense because I could see like you don't want to tell a seller like hey I'm going to do all of this to market your home and you should list your home with me by the way your first offer is going to kind of stink.
0: Okay, so let me ask you this. What if I came to you as a seller and said, "AJ, how do you like to be communicated and how often? What is your expectation to hear from me?"
1: As the seller? You're the seller, coming?
0: I'm here? the realtor. Okay, and hey, Mister Seller, I want to make sure I meet your expectations in our communication. How often and how would you like me to communicate
1: with you? How about once a week through text.
0: Okay, so on that, those once a week through text, what are the essentials that you need to know?
1: Um, just let me know if what I need to do. I don't know.
0: Right, it could be anything, like how many showings, yeah. who's interested. Um, you know, are we narrowing in the searches Is reverse prospecting or whatever that is? And so now when I communicate with you once a week on whatever it is, the three things, what three things must, you know, right? And mm. give them three things to think about. And what am I not asking that I should
1: be? Oh, are you asking me? Yeah. What are you not asking? That As me? a seller. What, what are you not asking that? I should? Yeah. Be?
0: Mr. Seller, what am I not asking that I should know that's important to you?
1: Um, what showings we have coming up next week.
0: Okay. So how would you like me to communicate that to you?
1: Text is fine.
0: Okay, perfect.
1: And that's just, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah.
0: It's something, it's something as simple as that. Mr. Seller, what are the hours that your home, you'd like your home shown or the hours that you don't want your home shown? Let's have, let's have that conversation.
1: Mm -hmm. Hmm. What are the hours that you don't Mm -hmm. want your home shown?
0: Yep. Um, Mr. Seller, I prefer to give a two hour, uh, notice to show is that enough notice for you to get the dogs out of the home? Hmm. Right? Yeah. These are all very simple expectation conversations that can make or break a real estate transaction.
1: Yeah, and huge. And make or break your five-star review at the end.
0: Oh, yeah, because these online reviews are like ruling the world. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, they, they are.
0: For real, like that is no joke. Yeah,
1: I, I've, I've seen a lot of like articles that basically refer to Yelp as like, The mafia. Like, they're just extorting (laughs) businesses. The mafia.
0: They could be. It could be. Yeah. You
1: you want a good review, maybe you got to pony up for an annual subscription.
0: Yeah, but why do you... (laughs) Was that your best, like... That was my best mafia. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But why do you think Nextdoor.com is doing well for recommendations and reviews? Because it's coming
1: from real people. It's coming from your neighbor. Oh, it's coming from your neighbor. Yeah.
0: Right? That makes it legit and valid.
1: Yeah, and... Oh, that's a pretty good point. That's a good point, actually. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I put put on next door, who has a meticulous cleaning person?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, what's meticulous to you, AJ? What does that mean? If I'm like, yeah, I'm like. Are you asking me? Yeah, for real. I don't have a
1: definition of meticulous. Okay.
0: So mine would be baseboards. Okay. That is like my measure. If my baseboards are clean. (laughs) <laughs> really yeah and um air conditioning vents and remember we've seven dogs in Oklahoma so mm. ask about those return vents
1: <laughs> okay
0: it's not pretty so so meticulous to me is like behind my bathroom sink i can see my mirror and if there's like toothpaste or anything like that's not clean right i'm not a clean person i have to hire someone to do it and i don't have someone right now mm-hmm. but i know that i if i don't set the expectation i'm going to come home pissed off that the house wasn't the bathroom behind the bathroom uh, faucet wasn't clean or my air conditioning vent wasn't clean.
1: Because
0: hmm. I never set the expectation.
1: That's a good point. I do. I run into that a lot because I'm such a wide-toothed comb when I do things that s- some, some stuff just gets left behind. Like, there's just going to be things missed that don't even register with me.
0: Like, I, what would an example be? This is, I'm curious.
1: So sometimes, like, uh, copy's not the right word, but let's say, like, Let's say I were going to be writing a listing description mm-hmm. or something like that. Sometimes I throw together a draft just like, hey, this is the basic idea that I want to convey. I haven't checked it for punctuation yet. Yeah. I haven't checked it to make sure anything's spelled yet. But I won't say that because I'm just like, I'm just looking at it at such a...
0: 20,000 foot view.
1: Yeah, that it's just like, this is the basic idea. And then if you respond to me with like, oh, you're missing an apostrophe and a comma," I'm like... Not the point. Like th- we're not having the same conversation, right? So like I'm just such a non meticulous person that that does come up a ton. Where
0: you're all, general,
1: yeah. Where I'll do something for someone and they'll point out like the small stuff, and I'm like, that's minutia. Let's get past the details.
0: Yeah, like that's not what I was looking for feedback on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think we find in our world about setting expectations. When I came to this um, this company and the Naperville office. Uh, we did not have an expectation of how fast we were going to pay agents. We kind of got to it no when we got to it. No, and we did it very quickly, and sometimes we wouldn't. And so that left confusion. Lack of expectations leaves people feeling confused.
1: Hmm. How so? In that particular instance, in not having an expectation of when people are getting paid, how did that show up? Like, what, is, what does it look like? For well, to be it actually
0: bogged people, the system down because then people would be like, hey, can I get my check? When can I get paid? Is my check coming? Because how are we notifying them? How fast were we doing it? And was it within a reasonable boundary? And and how are we notified? I mean, like that became so important because if we didn't change it and create a system around it and set the expectation, it's within 72 hours, you'll be notified this or whatever. Then what would happen to our staff all day long? The interruptions would come because if I'm a seller and I only need to hear from you once a week, Mm -hmm. once a week, I need to hear from you and you call me every three days or two days with an update. I'd be so irritated with you. Like I got it. I'm good.
1: Oh God. If you, if you call me to let me know that you don't need to let me know anything. Yeah. I'd be irritated.
0: Well, I had an employee this, uh, this summer, basically an internship, a social media person, She's remarkable. She's a high SC. She's very good at it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I literally had two conversations with her. <laughs> I feel bad. I didn't even know she went back to college. Like, I feel bad. Oh. But the expectation was set, and she did it. So I always joke, like, an appointment a day keeps Karen away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Okay, right? So when you have those expectations, it actually alleviates um, bogging down the system.
1: All right, so... <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be the right analogy, and we can cut it out if it's not. Have you ever seen The Simpsons? You're familiar with the show at the very least, right? Yeah. All right. Homer had made this invention, and it was a reverse smoke detector. What does that mean? And it would beep every three seconds to let you know that there was not a fire. Shut up. Yeah. But but I, I feel like that's one of those things where, like, I don't need you to tell me when there's not something wrong. The expectation with me and my smoke detector is you do whatever until there is something wrong.
0: Yeah, I think it's, I think that would, that is, (laughs) I'm just picturing only because my smoke detector, I came home from a trip and it was going off and I had to like go buy a ladder at Home Depot at nine (laughs) o'clock at night and I was so pissed off and I thought I had to buy nine volt batteries and they're like, no, you buy five. Like I was so wrong about the whole thing. So I didn't know, at least I bought all of them and replaced all of them. So at least that was done. But, um, yes, don't keep poking at me. Like, it's getting done, but that's, like, a pleaser,
1: too, I find. Oh, you think, like, that's, like, a pleasing personality, like, uh-huh. to just want to keep telling you, mm-hmm. hey, just wanted to let you know that I put your home on this Facebook group today mm-hmm. and that I ran an advertisement yesterday for your home. Nothing else yet.
0: Yeah, but, like, we're good, and they're like, great, how many offers are we getting? Because that's what really matters,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? So, so get to me, but that's my, I'm a high D, But if there's someone that is a high S or, um, they might want to know every day, here's what I'm doing today, or here's how I'm checking in today, or here's what it looks like today.
1: Oh, so that, that could be, even be back at that expectation level. When do you want to be followed up with? And what do you think warrants me calling you?
0: Yeah. Like I, um, if I were a home seller today, I, no news is good news Mm -hmm. to me. Hey, when I get an offer... And it, like it's a, not a verbal, it's a legit offer. Then call me. Until then, we're good. Hmm. Like I feel like I'm low maintenance. I just called me low maintenance.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. But I, I think most sellers probably have a little bit more anxiety. Yeah. About it, and would probably prefer a high touch transaction. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. Like um, I love when my like close friends and family sell a house, and they have a showing, and within five minutes after the showing window ended, they're like, "Do you feedback yet?" I'm like, "Oh gosh." No, let me set the expectation. I'm, oh, my, yeah. my I'm sorry. Oh. I didn't set a proper expectation. So that's a really
1: interesting way that that can just save you a lot of extra work. If you set the expectation that, hey, after showings, it'll take X amount of hours. And I would
0: always say, and only 40% of agents give feedback.
1: And only 40% of a- agents give feedback. So don't expect it on every showing. And that'll save you so much of those. What What was our feedback from last Tuesday? Uh-huh. What was our feedback from this? And week? then
0: I could even do a canned response and say, like I mentioned, um, only forty percent of agents agents give feedback. It's everything.
1: Yeah, that's
0: a that's a side preach soapbox for a second. Well, that's because only
1: for forty percent of agents are with KW. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wish that were the case. If I could guarantee that every one of our agents gave feedback after showings, uh, that would be that would be a different story. So. Um, I also realized, too, that expectations aren't set because we don't. OK, this is probably me. <laughs> and my sister always calls me out. I would go to my husband or people here in our leadership team and I would say, hey, we need to. But what I real my we means you. But I'd say oh. we so it wasn't as painful or it sounds so demanding. Actually, I've done that. I'm, I think people do it all the time. So my sister always goes, who's we? You got a mouse in your pocket? Who's we? And you. I'm like, actually, I mean you. But it, it was until she would like call me out and check me. So I go to Maria and I'm using Maria just because she offices right across from me. So I see her or Shawana. Hey, Shawana, we need to. Well, Shawana doesn't know I want her to. Okay. Janine, we need to. Linda, we need to. Well, I'm not asking them to do it. I'm making a statement without any follow-up of what my expectation is.
1: Huh. We means you in my world. No, no, no. That's that's an unclear expectation, first of all. But but
0: what do I think I'm doing? I think I'm setting it.
1: Yeah. In, do you think you're setting it, or do you kind of, like, know that you're making it easier on yourself by saying we?
0: Probably both.
1: Yeah. Cause I, I, I can't think of any specific examples... But yeah, that, that is for sure the same as just not setting an expectation, because you don't want to have that kind of like, what, what's the word I'm looking for, that rumble, that 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 tough conversation about, I want you to do something. Like, it almost feels bad giving someone an order like it that. It does. Yeah, it doesn't feel right. So does you it doesn't ju- feel good. So you just say, we, mm-hmm. and then they're confused, like, okay, maybe Karen's going to do that.
0: I would assume that. Yeah. 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 And so I, and people don't go back and go, so let's just clarify, are you expecting me to handle that? Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen. Right. So then I realize, and when I say we, I mean you and then I smile and (laughs) walk away. But that, um, I, I feel that people do that a lot.
1: Yeah. All right. So like, I'm thinking like back to like group projects Mm -hmm. in school and you'd say something like, we need to, I don't know, let's say like, we need to make sure we're talking loud while we're presenting. And for some reason, when you say it like that, people just think, okay, you're going to talk louder. I got it. And then you still have that one person in your group that's presenting like a mouse. Yeah. Because they, they, they just assume when you say we, you really just mean yourself. Oh, you know what's, okay,
0: can I have a leadership brokerage moment for a second? Of course. So if anybody owns a brokerage or a business, it actually, this works in this is true in any business because I've led in other businesses. I have people that come to me and say people feel that oh. they don't like the chairs in the training room. And I'm like, "Tell me more about that." And they're like, "Wow," well, and I re- it's really them.
1: Like, I get it. So that's like that that's an invisible army because it's scary to have that conversation and just come to you and say, "I don't like the chairs in the training room." I
0: think it's really passive aggressive.
1: Yeah, yeah it is kind of passive aggressive and
0: every time
1: um but do you think you're being passive aggressive when you say we need to do this
0: I guess so yeah because I don't want to be offensive and I don't want it to be look like I'm a jerk or giving an order so yeah it's the same it is exactly the same thing and it's so funny and so I would say well people feel I'm like well who are those people bring them in let's all talk about it
1: bring them in let's all talk about yeah
0: oh yeah like if you want to bring other people in the conversation that they're feeling some way, mm. then bring them in. Like let's let's all talk about it. So so I do, I do think that's setting an
1: expectation too. So I've done that. I've 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 done the invisible army thing mm-hmm. and either people feel or we I I I for sure said we multiple times when yeah. I really mean And it's you. not fair
0: to people around you because you're not really saying what it is that you want. And mm. they know.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: but, well, my husband knows, but I think people I work with, because I'm still so ambiguous about what it is that I want, but Joel's like, by we, you mean me. I'm like, uh-huh.
1: Huh. I didn't realize how, how bad that can make the overall, whatever it is, the relationship, the customer uh, service person relationship because yeah. I've definitely had to tell sellers to declutter mm-hmm. and I've always I think I've always used <laughs> like the proverbial we like we got to make sure we get get a lot of that out of out of being out know, in the open <laughs> totally <laughs> and and I and I just think it sounds better
0: mm-hmm.
1: than saying you got to get that out of the kitchen of
0: course of course but how you could rephrase it is saying um buyers looking at homes like to see things clean and simple because they get to imagine their things in it. Mm-hmm. So what needs to happen is the clutter needs to be removed.
1: So that ties back into our last episode where we can tell them both the what and the why and it makes it a lot better than just telling them what to do.
0: Yes, because you cannot um it's about oh taking family pictures down when you're selling a house. Oh yeah. yeah. Personal. Because what happens when I go to a house and I see pictures all over, what do I do? Mm-hmm. I look at the ho- I look at the pictures. Right. I'm like, oh, they look happy. What a beautiful family! <gasps> look at they have a dog.
1: I I kind of feel like that's kind of a crutch too, but I, that one is probably not as bad of one because I never want to tell someone that their house is ugly. But I, it's a lot easier to tell them that
0: buyers are looking for buyers
1: are looking for
0: mm-hmm. the
1: latest design trends are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's a lot easier to say that than. I think your house looks like.
0: Well, and what's actually side note is that our technology and the data we've collected for 30 years and the insights it's creating, every conversation we've had to have with a seller that's uncomfortable is now going to be validated by our technology to say buyers spend 40% more on picture on homes that have this.
1: Oh, so I'm happy you brought that up because one of the videos that I've seen is... The guys from A16Z, Andreessen Horowitz, their big venture mm-hmm. capitalist firm, they're doing their roadshow, kind of like anti-realtor roadshow. Yes. And, and it's not like they're being anti-realtor. They're just saying, like, this is a big market that we want a piece of. Well, yeah,
0: it's $270 billion of commissions. Yeah,
1: and and they the, that's their thing. And one of the things that they say is, well, one of the things that the guy on stage says, it's neither Mark Andreessen or so-and-so Hor- Ben Horowitz. Um It's neither of them. It's like somebody that works for the company. And he's saying something along the lines of, I had a realtor in to represent me on the sale of my home. And they would tell me, you know, we know that homes that are staged sell quicker. And he was like, I constantly push back. How do you know? Where is the data? Is it just that you think you know? Like, is it just hearsay? And now we're going to have the data.
0: Yeah. So when I say, oh, like I cherry cabinets in my home Mm. and I love my cabinets because they're nice cabinets and I don't really want to paint them. But if an agent comes to list my home and they know that it needs to have white cabinets, hey, Mr. Seller, look, 86% of the homes that sold within 30 days had white cabinets. Like, now mm. it's going to validate. And I'm like, then it's not personal and it's not about me. It's what the buyer is really looking for mm-hmm. and what's selling.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It's not an opinion anymore. It's
0: not an opinion. And now I set an expectation because now when it doesn't sell, what's my conversation around?
1: We should really get to work on. Or know. we should really consider. Yeah.
0: Um, getting those cabinets painted because that's what buyers are going after. Like I said
1: earlier, you should paint the cabinets because that's what buyers are looking <gasps> did for. Did I just say we? I did too. Oh crap! Because it feels like crap to tell someone to do well, something.
0: Well, then I want people to feel they're on the same side of my team too.
1: Oh yeah, that's another point. Like recruiting you, you're part of this we. Like yeah,
0: like seller, we're in this together. <laughs>
1: High five! High <laughs> five!
0: And paint your cabinets.
1: <laughs> and paint your cabinets. <laughs> Okay, um, where else do we need to be setting expectations?
0: with ourselves? Say more. So I find that if I don't have a goal of what I need to get done that day or what's gonna set me apart because what's the what's the number uh, to net a million dollars what one thing has to happen? How many listing appointments a week?
1: Seven appointments a week.
0: Seven listing appointments a week will net you a million dollars. No ifs, ands, or buts around it. Right? And so our agents that are having seven appointments a week are literally million dollar real estate agents. Like not million dollar in sales, million dollars in, in commission. Yeah. And and we only have a handful, but it is happening. So we don't set enough expectations on ourselves to say, I what do I have to do to get to seven listing appointments a week. And that is my expectations. And if I don't have it, what kind of conversation am I having with myself?
1: Hmm.
0: Right? Like that's an expectation.
1: Seven appointments a week. Well, it's, uh, I just want to question this and see it, like see if I can pull this thread a little bit. So earlier we found out that if I'm, if either person is talking to a seller once every seven days, but one of them sets the expectation that relationship's a lot better, mm-hmm. and that seller's going to be a lot more satisfied. Can that be the same for setting expectations with ourselves? Like, if I, whatever it is, let, let's say I go to the gym 25 times this half month, or 50 times this year. Okay. This half year. I don't know why I was going to do a half year. <laughs> no, you
0: were actually going to do 25 times a half month, is what oh, you're about yeah, to say. Yeah. Like, so, you're doing
1: two a days. Two a days. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It's All cool. right, so let's say I go to the gym 25 times this year, and I, come the end of the year, I'm kind of upset with myself because I didn't go to the gym enough, but what if I set the expectation that I was going to go to the gym 25 times this year, and I had actually done that? How would you feel? Would You, you would feel better after having set the expectation, right? Mm-hmm. So could, it, could you theoretically just any expectation for yourself is going to make you feel better just by having that.
0: Yeah, like if I'm, I'm like I'm going to get out of bed at 5:30 and I'm going to make my bed and I'm going to go walk a mile. Mm-hmm. That's three expectations I've set.
1: Oh, that's a big one cuz I don't normally set alarms. I just kind of wake up relatively early. Mm-hmm. Like I on worst case scenario, I'm up by like 6:30 on okay. a given day anyway. But if I start like if I set an alarm or if I tell myself I want to be up by say 6:15, which is about the time that I would wake up regardless, I just feel like I've already gotten off to a good start just by like all right, one alarm, I'm up. And yeah. it's like first accomplishment of the day, done.
0: Right, make your bed. Yeah. Yeah, it's like
1: make your bed. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. That's an expectation. And so if we're not doing it to ourselves and our children and our people around us or people that look up to us, then what kind of example are we setting for them to do better? Like, I don't know. I think it one ties into the other, to the other, to the other. And I, I find our best agents, our best agents are ones who set very clear expectations. Any suggestions for our next episode? Tell us on Instagram at The Messy Empire. Thank you for listening to The Messy Empire with Karen Prawl.